What's going on, guys? My name is Mateo. Just wanted to give you guys some updates on the infrastructure bill. Looks like it passed the House. Looks like it's going to the president's desk to be signed into law. And we've talked about this a little bit over the last few months with the definition of broker being applied to not only cryptocurrency exchanges, which makes some sense, but also uh, node operators, miners, etc. cetera. Uh, this is going to be a problem for DeFi. Um, and there was a big ruckus about this a few months ago. You can watch our videos on that. We go into more detail. But looks like the original uh, broad language is being included in that bill, uh, which is going to cause problems. Uh, and not only that, but we talked yesterday, and go watch that video we did yesterday, uh, talking about how digital assets are going to be considered cash, um, even though right now, for tax pur purposes, they're treated as capital assets. But they're going to be considered as cash um, so that they could be included in this $10,000 reporting requirement where if you are transacting over $10,000 with a particular entity for business purposes, you have to record that person's name, address, and social security number and send it to the IRS. So you're going to have personal informa information flying around everywhere. It's going to be uh, hectic. And not only that, but in this bill, you have the IRS getting $80 billion dollars to use over the next 10 years to expand their enforcement operations. And we're going to look at an article today where one of the former chiefs of the IRS was like, dude, I don't even know what the IRS could do with that much money. I mean, there's no way that they could even use that much money. But that's how much they're being funded. I mean, they're going to go after the crypto bros. Uh, all of this stuff um, is for the crackdown of cryptocurrency and to make sure that, A, they can make sure they get more tax uh, money and revenues from the crypto sector, which has largely been unregulated in that regard. Uh, a lot of people not paying their taxes, a lot of people unaware of the tax implications of what they do on exchanges and what they do online when they're just sending money, uh, i.e. Bitcoin, for uh, goods and services. They don't realize that Bitcoin, being a capital asset, when you send it, triggers a taxable action. Uh, you have to report a gain or loss depending on that, because it's not actually cash, it's not legal tender, even though they're going to call it cash for the purposes of this $10,000 reporting requirement. So anyways, uh, just wanted to start off mentioning those things. Those are going to be the main things we talk about. Um, you guys have complained a little bit about the picture and you're like, oh, you need a better camera. I know, I know. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But Yes, we're going to be mainly talking about those three things. Uh, the broker definition, IRS expansion, and digital assets to be considered as cash for the $10,000 reporting requirement. Those are the big concerns. Um, so this is the first article that I saw from Coindesk. And guys, remember to like the video, remember to subscribe, remember to comment so that we can get more engagement, move us up further in the algorithms. I haven't really asked that too much recently. You guys have done a great job with that, but let's make sure we keep doing that so that we can... Uh, continue to spread the word. House sends infrastructure bill with crypto tax provision to the U.S. president. Uh, so there's Botox Pelosi, uh, you know, seething at the mouth. So anyways, the House representatives voted to pass the infrastructure bill with the controversial cryptocurrency tax reporting requirements. Um, the crypto industry was concerned about uh, tax reporting requirement, a tax reporting requirement within the bill that sought to expand the definition of a broker for IRS purposes. The reporting requirement would see all brokers report transactions under the current tax code. Industry proponents worried that the definition would be too broad, capturing entities like miners and other parties that don't actually facilitate transactions.
And we'll get to that. There's something interesting to be said about that. Another provision included in the bill to amend the tax code uh, is Section 6050I, uh, which has stoked fear in the crypto industry. The law written nearly 40 years ago, interestingly enough, as one of you pointed out yesterday, in 1984, uh, will apply to in-person in cash transactions over $10,000. Essentially requires recipients to verify the sender's personal information and record uh, and record their social security number, the nature of the transaction, and other information. And we talked about how the issue with this yesterday could be that given the information attached to this particular transaction, it could be that the IRS could look up that transaction and link the identity of the person to their cryptocurrency wallet. And as you all know, if you watch this channel, on public blockchains, uh, your balance is listed and all of the transactions you have ever made from that address are listed. And so this is going to be a privacy nightmare. And it could be that the IRS is able to see all of your past transactions and determine the tax implications of that and if you haven't been reporting your transactions uh, as you should have been then it could be that they go after you for more money right uh, especially because a lot of people got into crypto the last three years and the statute of limitations for this stuff is not yet done and there's no statute of limitations for fraud and maybe it'll be up to them to determine in a tax court whether or not you committed fraud or not you know there are problems with this as you could say um, and concerningly it says here you have to report this transaction to the government within 15 days. Now, if you're a business and you're looking to take crypto for payments, which a lot of gold and silver businesses do, which just a lot of businesses are now doing in general, um, $10,000 isn't that much, especially if you're buying something in bulk, you're buying inventory, uh, maybe you're taking in big uh, orders, okay? Uh, that's going to significantly increase the regulatory compliance. And who knows, what if the entity doesn't get back to you with the appropriate information? Maybe you have to say, if you want to make a transaction over $10,000, an order or a shipment, well, you have to supply us with your social security information. Now, I'm interested to see if a business has to give their tax identification number, like their EIN or something like that, instead of the social security, uh, or whether or not somebody from the company has to give this information. I'm interested to see what the details of that would be. But yeah, apparently the consequence for this is a felony uh, if you don't report this information. So we'll get to that here in a sec. It says, unlike other tax code violations, violations of 6050I are a felony. And some lawyers have pointed out that applied to cryptocurrencies and other digital assets like NFTs, the law could be nearly impossible to comply with. So if you're dealing with something that is ambiguous legally and the consequence of that is a felony, uh, that's going to spook a lot of people out of the industry. That's going to spook a lot of people from innovation and people are just going to want to stay away from this sector uh, until all this stuff is hashed out. But even when it's hashed out, because this exists, I mean, if you want to be creative in this sphere, you want to be, you know, buying and selling and creating NFTs, you're going to need accountants and lawyers to make sure you're not making any mistakes, right? Because again, on all these public blockchains, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you do can and will be used against you. It's there forever. So just something to point out. That's going to send shivers down everybody's spine here. Pushback against the provision. Let me just make sure I'm recording. Um, pushback against the provision held up the bill's passage in the Senate. Uh, but, you know, the language wasn't modified. Ultimately went to the House, which they just recently signed. 
Uh, the Treasury Department still has to explain how it plans to interpret the bill and publish guidance, spelling out how businesses and other entities will have to comply with it. So um, one thing I want to point out, which is rather, well, we'll get to that here in a sec, but this is concerning. Uh, this is an interesting find that I had. Nobody seems to be on this, but it could happen. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, this is just more information about the bill here. The legislation imposes a badly flawed, in some cases, unworkable cryptocurrency tax reporting mandate that threatens the future of technological innovation. Uh, the bill intends to treat the crypto community's software developers, transaction validators, and notice that word, transaction validators. We'll get to that. And note operators similar to the brokers of the traditional institutions, uh, which just means insane tax reporting requirements uh, for subcommunities such as miners. Okay, key. I want to point that out because I found an interesting article here uh, talking about how treating miners in cryptocurrency as money transmitters, uh, which is a financial uh, center of enforcement, I, I think it is. Yeah, FinCEN. I forgot what the acronym for that. Yes, the U.S. Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Um, money transmitters is a key legal term, which has implications we'll get to. But um, that could create AML and KYC reporting requirements and compliance uh, stipulations, which are almost impossible for miners to abide by, thereby outlawing them, according to this article. And this article is written by uh, Nicholas Weaver. Uh, he's somewhat of a stinker. He does not like cryptocurrency seemingly at all. He's a Californian, which means he's crazy. I'm joking. But um, this is from lawfare.com. I, I, I just want to get to a couple parts of this. He talks about the mining process, how blocks are mined by the miners. Um, all right, just had to find where I was in the article. So um, it says, right now, fine send guidance on money transmission and virtual currencies is pretty clear. Whether or not a person is a miner or a creator has no bearing on whether they are just a, quote, user, parentheses, not affected by the Bank Secrecy Act, an administrator, or an exchanger. Using cryptocurrency, you mine, is not acting as a money transmitter. In that case, you are a user. Nor is distributing the proceeds internally in a mining pool. But FinCEN's current guidance never connected the dots. The miners are the money transmitters in a cryptocurrency system because they are validating transactions. And remember, we said here before that transaction validators would be kind of included in all this. As you, as you see here, transaction validators. And they would be considered to be brokers similar to those in the traditional legacy financial institution system. Um, this is making the case that miners are validating transactions. Um, this is one man's opinion. As of now, this doesn't really seem to be the opinion of fine scent, but that could change because we were talking about this earlier, right? Um, the Treasury Department still has to explain how it will interpret the bill. Maybe they change the definition. Uh, there seems to be a precedent, though, for them not considering the money transmitters. Uh, but this was for an individual who is mining. It wasn't for corporate miners. And given that we're seeing a lot more corporate mining here in the United States, in Europe, etc., um, again, that could change. But let, let's read this real quick and talk about the implications. Um, in an ideal world, 
Feinstein would issue a new guidance statement establishing that cryptocurrency miners who act to validate third-party transactions are money transmitters. This would provide necessary clarity and would not represent any new regulation or rulemaking, but rather the straightforward application of Feinstein's existing standards. What would treating mining as money transfer mean? For U.S.-based mining pools, it is impossible for them to function in their current form. Uh, They're simply incapable of performing the anti-money laundering and know your customer required of money transmitters on the transactions they validate. After all, you can't do AML KYC on every Swiss numbered account, uh, which he's basically saying is UTXO. Um, Instead, any U.S.-based mining pools would need to make a list of allowed wallets and validate only those transactions. Okay, that's key. So what if FindSend changes the definition of a miner to a money transmitter that then is indeed considered a broker and then in order for these miners to process transactions and include them into a block those transactions have to be coming from a predetermined list of allowed wallets which presumably are registered with people's identities and are registered with the state I mean we're getting a little bit conspiratorial here, but look, I mean, maybe that's the case. Who knows what could happen? Who knows the moves that they could make? Um, if this guy is right about this, that could be the future we're looking at. Um, so just wanted to comment on that. I'm not trying to spook anybody out, but uh, just connect these dots. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, he says here, treating mining as money transfer might also affect participants in mining pools. The pool itself decides which transactions to approve and just provides a stub for various miners to try to find a lucky winner. When an individual miner gets lucky, it sends the result to the pool, and the pool subsequently distributes the revenue among the participants. Although the Feinstein guidance says that renting out computer services for mining is not acting as a money transmitter, the use of resources would bring a foreign mining pool with U.S. participants under the cover of U.S. law. Yeah, and we see how uh, FATCA makes whatever happens tax-wise with U.S. citizens in the United States geographically happens globally with U.S. citizens uh, all over the world. So, um, yeah, this could be a global regulatory initiative as well. And FATCA, or excuse me, uh, FATF, the Financial Action Task Force, which has jurisdiction over 130 or so uh, countries and jurisdictions, as far as making recommendations for KYC and AML legislation, uh, that could be a concern. Um, this basic observation that cryptocurrency miners, no matter the currency itself, are money transmitters and should be treated as such would effectively outlaw Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrency mining in most of the world. Hmm. All right. So that's his claim. That's what he says. I mean, now that we have El Salvador, maybe not. But, I mean, is everyone just going to move to El Salvador and, like, set up their Bitcoin shops next to a volcano? Who knows? I don't know. But that's just what he's saying. He's saying that it would seriously disrupt it. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, if you haven't been able to tell, he's very anti-crypto. He's like, hopefully this can reduce the cryptocurrency problem. Yeah, so he's not exactly a fan. Uh, and yeah, if you reduce the capacity for miners, there are security weaknesses. You guys probably know all that, though. Um, he says it's time to seriously disrupt the cryptocurrency ecology. Directly attacking mining as incompatible with the Bank Secrecy Act is one potentially 
powerful tool. So we could see that. Maybe. Uh, the passage of this law and the expansion of the broker definition uh, increases the likelihood of that reality, in my opinion, but who knows how big of a likelihood that is. So I just wanted to make that comment real quick. So now we're going to go to Zero Hedge. And by the way, uh, this was written by the Coin Telegraph from Arjit Sarkar. And this is from Zero Hedge right here. So it says here to help pay for the roughly $550 billion in new spending. Um, they're going to be using unused coronavirus relief funds, uh, Medicare rebates, $50 billion in various states, etc. But there's still going to be a gap. And so they comment here, the rest is going to come from tax hikes, which we obviously saw with the initiative for unrealized capital gains taxes on the billionaires, what they call the billionaire income tax. So they're going to effectively change the, the definition of income altogether. And then IRS colonoscopies. Uh, that would be the right way to put it. Uh, because let's go ahead and take a look here. Biden's slimmed down social spending package still includes mass investment in IRS staffing. And as far as what I've been able to read, this is like an unprecedented, yeah, it says here, this is an unprecedented investment in the IRS to boost its enforcement capabilities. So, yeah, um, that's quite something. It says here, about $400 billion of that total for the $2 trillion here in the bills uh, are expected to come from increased IRS enforcement. I mean... That's unbelievable. They expect that this increased enforcement is going to bring in $700 billion in new revenue over the next decade. Now, guys, just let's get in our thinking chair. Like, let's brain blast. What, where are they going to get that money from? Where do you guys think that they're going to direct their enforcement efforts? They're going to direct it at the crypto bros, guys. Like, that's what these new initiatives mean. They want to track the crypto people more. And they want to suck more wealth out of them. I mean, all the gains made in crypto, everybody's perfectly aware of. And a lot of that has not been taxed because this is a largely unregulated field. And, of course, a lot of the Bitcoin bros, a lot of the people in uh, these main cryptocurrencies uh, who want gains and who want institutional investment, they've been saying, yeah, regulation's fine. That's going to bring the big boys on board. We're going to get the sovereign wealth funds. We're going to get uh, these pension funds. Maybe the government starts to buy this stuff. Who knows? But we need more regulation. This is what you get. This is what you get. You get more IRS scrutiny. Uh, you get more uh, regulations and reporting requirements. And yeah, uh, that's be careful what you wish for, right? So it says down here that IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick has said boosted enforcement would focus on high net worth individuals, large pass-throughs, corporate compliance, employment tax field examinations, and non-filers with virtual currency. There you go, right? They're going to go after the crypto bros. So this is coming, guys. I hope that you guys have been keeping track of your transactions. I hope that you guys have been keeping track of your records. Um... Uh, and if you haven't, that's fine, because the IRS is all the records they need. Everything is on the blockchain, remember. And uh, 
you know, I, I think so many people are going to be getting letters in the mail. Um, let's just hope that a lot of these people didn't spend their crypto gains on stupid stuff because when they get these tax bills, especially if they're traders, oh, it's going to be crazy because, yeah, I mean, if you're not holding these cryptos longer than a year before you exchange them into something else, you're not hodling, well, then you're going to have to pay that uh, income tax rate. You're not going to get the favorable long-term capital gain tax rate. You're going to get the short-term capital gains tax rate, which is significantly more tax that you'll have to pay, depending on your income. But yeah, and the former acting commissioner, he even said, yeah, this is dramatically in excess of what the IRS needs. President Joe Biden says strengthening the IRS is going to require an approximately $80 billion investment over the decade, but that's way too rich a sum, according to a former commissioner at the tax collection agency. And he's like, yes, uh, this is dramatically in excess of what the IRS needs and could possibly effectively use. So they'll have everything they need, guys, to go after you guys. And you guys remember, Elizabeth Warren had said, she was like, well, uh, typically our return on investment for IRS enforcement is about five to one. But with crypto people, it's a lot more than that. And so they're going to go after crypto people. I don't know how strongly I can emphasize that statement. So all this is making our positions look pretty good here on the channel. I don't need to tell you, but guys, remember to pay your taxes. Remember to keep your records. Um, Because, yeah, they're going to be totally anal about all this stuff. So, all right, guys, I'm trying to be concise. I don't want to jump around everywhere. Some of you had said that, uh, you know, you'd like shorter videos, so I'm trying to make that happen. Um, But... Yeah, this is Philip Liberatore, CPA. He has some comments on the expansion of the brokerage definition. This was written uh, a couple of weeks ago. He says that uh, the bill expands the definition of broker to include any person, quote-unquote, who for consideration regularly provides any services responsible for effectuating transfers of digital assets, including any decentralized exchange or peer-to-peer marketplace. So notice decentralized exchange, DeFi. Uh, As for... Quote, unquote, digital asset. This is defined as any digital representation of value, which is recorded on a cryptographically secured distributed ledger or any similar technology. Under the new tax provision, cryptocurrency brokers would be required to report all transfers of digital assets to the IRS and collect certain identifying information about account holders, transaction amounts, and the purchase and sale price of any digital asset. Well, you have to do that already uh, because they're capital assets, right? These requirements mirror the ones applying to traditional brokers who are obligated to report all transactions involving stocks, bonds, commodities, etc. Um, the Okay, so this is key. This plays into what we just talked about. The new reporting requirements aim to provide the IRS with necessary information to track and calculate gains from cryptocurrency transactions. So if you don't do it, guys, they'll do it for you. Um, and they've got $80 billion extra dollars coming into the coffers so that, uh, you know, it's not going to be as low an audit rate as it's been the last couple of years because the, audi- the audits have been rather low. Now they're going to be going after significantly more people in the cryptosphere, I would imagine, thus strengthening enforcement and improving tax collection. They would substantially increase the burden on crypto brokers, with some critics of the bill saying that the provision would threaten their business model and stifle innovation in the digital asset industry. Yeah, because when you've got these threats hanging over you, uh, you're just going to opt out or you're just going to move out of the country, right? Uh, However, many are likely 
to view the new rules as a step towards removing the regulatory uncertainty that has held back cryptocurrency as a market. Yes, more institutional investors, more gains. Let's sell our soul. According to Philip Liberatore, greater clarity and consistent enforcement shall instill confidence in all the retail and institutional investors that have so far given this asset class wide berth, making them active market participants. So um, it's going to not make me an active participant. I'm bound out. <laughs> like My whole thing is just get off the system. Let's not be part of this whole surveillance state 1984 deal. Um, let's go private, right? Still comply with the law, of course, caveats, caveats. But look, uh, yeah, I'm not going to want to deal with all this stuff. Neither are you. Neither are a lot of people. Uh, they're not going to go into this sector. Um as much as they were before. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it talks about his services. That's great. So that's interesting. And we're about to get some really interesting things here. Um, I was not aware of how extraneous this was. So Molson Hart off Twitter says, and by the way, this was Yahoo. Uh, this was MSN, Andrew Keshner. This was the government executive written by uh, Eric Katz. So I just want to make sure I source properly. Uh, exchanges are brokers from Coinbase to OpenSea, according to this legislation. Digital assets or crypto and whatever else the Secretary of the Treasury decides that they are. Anytime brokers send digital assets to somebody who is not a broker, they have to report information to the Secretary of the Treasury. Okay, when I read this, I was like, okay, can't be as all-encompassing it can't be as all-encompassing as that there's no way that it's actually that restrictive um because that's significant uh and so i was doing research on this and i found another cpa who seems rather knowledgeable and sure enough it's as restrictive as you could imagine he says digital assets are now covered securities reporting will be ushered in for all crypto brokers to report to the irs data on activity from uh, January 1st to December 31st of 2023. So this takes effect in 2023, but you have to report to the IRS if you're a broker all data of crypto transfers to other non-US brokers. And that means private wallets or offshore wallets. So from what I'm able to glean from this, if you get crypto at a centralized exchange like Coinbase, and you want to take that crypto off to your own wallet, you're going to have to file a report or they're going to file a report on you. Okay. So there's no plausible deniability anymore. There's no, oh, cool, I sent it from this exchange to somebody else. Who knows what that other person is? It's either you and they deem whatever wallet that you send that crypto to off the exchange, to, like either that's you or it's somebody else. And if it's somebody else, they're going to be expecting money from you or a report from you saying that, yes, I had traded this capital asset and I recognize this gain or loss. So there are some interesting comments on this that go further into this. But that's that's sort of playing in line with what's going on in the EU where they want to ban anonymous wallets. They want to make it so that nobody could have crypto unless they're registered and they're on the grid. So... Reading closer, they have added, quote-unquote, digital assets into 6050, which means that any individual who receives $10,000 or more in crypto must report it to the IRS. Correct? We talked about that. Um, and it's in any individual who runs a trade or a business. But 
the thing is, that's that's uh, nebulous language. Who runs a trader business? Well, if you're taking in transactions of over $10,000, okay, are you not engaging in some kind of business? Or is this some kind of gift? And if you gift over $15,000, according to the current statutes, from what I understand, um, unless they've indexed that to inflation since the last time I've looked at it, uh, you have to file a gift tax because there's only so much tax-free money you can give as a gift to somebody in a lifetime before you then have to uh, start reporting that. So that's interesting. And you know, if you don't report this as a gift, uh, it's going to be on the blockchain and maybe they could interpret that, interpret that as being a business transaction or they're just going to have questions about it, in which case you're going to get something in the mail. Does that make sense? So this is interesting. And so he says, this is a huge damn deal for the NFT space. You've got 15 days to report this information on Form 8300 in violation of 6050 is a felony. A felony for selling NFTs because digital assets are now considered as cash, quote unquote. Yeah, pretty wild. Pretty wild. Sounds like they're giving us all our time to move our funds, perhaps our bodies, to a country that isn't becoming a uniparty police state. I agree, it is becoming a uniparty police state. We can expect this to continue. But, uh, yeah, maybe they're giving you time to move your funds to somewhere where maybe they can't see it. Gee, I don't know where that could be. You guys have any ideas? You guys have any ideas as to places where people are probably going to park their funds as a result of all this? I don't know. Interesting things happening, right? Uh, ba 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 yeah, luckily it's not retroactive. Uh, unconstitutional? Well, maybe. Who cares? Yeah, capital gains going to become a problem. So, yeah, that's happening, and that's pretty interesting, right? And this uh, website, the Journal of Accountancy, has some comments on this as well. The definition of a broker is expanded to include anyone who consideration effectuates for consideration effectuates transfers of digital assets on behalf of another person. So we're going to have to see more definition of that. But that is it. Um, those are the updates. It does seem indeed that the regulatory state is clamping down on crypto. And it does indeed look like uh, the innovation is going to slow down from here. Uh, market participants who have already consolidated a good bit of market share are going to stay where they are because they're going to have less competition moving into the space. And this is kind of the same thing that we saw with Big Oil 100 years ago. Uh, it was largely unregulated, so you had a lot of players coming into the space. And then you had more regulation come upon uh, the sector, and then more people had to overcome barriers of entry to get into the sector, which means less competition, which means more consolidation of the market share. And I expect this is what we're going to see in Bitcoin mining also, um, especially if what we talked about comes to pass where they are considered money transmitters. Um, but we have talked about Bitcoin centralization on this channel before. I'll link it somewhere up there if I still have spots. But uh, yeah, with all the stuff going on with ESG, all the stuff going on with uh, you know being environmentally friendly and net zero with your Bitcoin mining, um, yeah, that's going to lead to bears of entry as well for other people who want to get into the Bitcoin mining sector. Maybe you need like a permit or something like that. But yeah, I mean, this new regulatory initiative is going to bring about centralization, guys. This is just a law of physics. This is a law of economics. And I hope that all the Bitcoin people were well aware of this when they were advocating for more regulatory intervention. Yes, you're going to get more gains. 
But as a result of any kind of regulation, you have market consolidation and centralization. This is what happens. So, yes, uh, this is the feature. Um, Monero first. I think Monero looks ever more attractive as a result of this. Now, I'm not saying that it should look more attractive because you should always follow the law. Um, and I advise people who even get into this stuff to follow the law. Keep track of your bases. Keep track of your gains and losses. But uh, it's undeniable, guys, that when something like Haveno comes out, where you have a private decentralized peer-to-peer -peer exchange where you could pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, and by the way, it's based on Monero, so it's untraceable what you do on there, um, particularly if you practice good OPSEC. But yeah, I mean, you're not going to have to worry about all this overhead if you're somebody who just wants to trade crypto and not have to worry about the legal ramifications, which you should, by the way. I mean, I'm just saying that people are going to do this. Um, so yes, it's uh, just... Another day, another bullish case for Monero. <laughs> I mean, we've made thousands of bullish cases for Monero, um, and I expect this to continue. I mean, I'm so overwhelmed by the number of videos that I have to do of other things going on, which make Monero even more bullish. Um, check out the Freedom Coin Covenant, guys. Seriously, go check out Trade Ogre. Go check out uh, Darrow, Monero, Pirate Chain, uh, Haven. We've done videos on all these things on the channel. Xano, I wanted to do a video on Xano because there are some interesting projects going on over there uh, with proof of stake and privacy. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. And I think private DeFi is going to become big too. Many good things happening. Despite all of the fear in the crypto sector right now, there's going to be an adaptation. There's going to be a resolution to make it so that freedom lives on. So, with that being said, Mano Mateo, thank you for tuning into the channel. Check out our links below for social media. Check out our addresses for donations if you want to support the channel. Check us out on Patreon too, guys. Thank you for all of my patrons, as always. Josh, Ken, uh, Henrik, Stewart, um, Lutz, and everybody else for supporting the channel. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And we will see you soon. God bless.